always on the move. Same as him, man. On the wing. And he got one man down just been him. He wearing Gucci. So he Gucci. He got to know me all drinking to say. Same as him, man. On the wing. And he got two men down just being him. He wearing Gucci. So he Gucci. He got to know me all drinking to say. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Fluid Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jacob, back once again with Avi. And today, we have a very special guest. We are happy to welcome Josh Saberwal, all the way from India. Well, from India, but he's actually in Ann Arbor right now during this pandemic period. Um, he's my former roommate at the University of Michigan and a very close friend of ours. So, Josh, how you doing? I'm good. Uh, happy to be on the podcast. Awesome. So, I'll just give some context real quick. So going into freshman year, um, I was looking for a roommate and I used the Michigan freshman Facebook group as a lot of people do. And I'm looking through these people that list bios of themselves and, and I see this guy named Josh. He, you know, I'm interested in statistics and data science and I'm like, oh, me too, me too. Uh, it turns out he likes the same TV shows, similar music taste. Um, and I'm like, you know what, Like, this is a, a prospective roommate, there's potential here. And then I saw that he is an Arsenal fan, and I'm going to pretend that that wasn't the determining factor um, and say that it was, you know, all of these things. But, you know, I reached out and, you know, we, we hit it off and we ended up living together. So we moved in and, you know, ha had a good time. It was a great year. Uh, but early in the year, uh, I actually, Avi and I met at the Michigan club soccer tryout and we split an Uber back to campus and, and we became friends. And so... We all started hanging out, Avi, Josh, and I, basically just chilling and, and playing a lot of FIFA. And we definitely sacrificed our fair share of nights out for FIFA, I'll say. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we'd get together, get a bunch of snacks, order dinner, whatever it was, keep score every night. Um, I, it wouldn't be very productive right now to argue who was the best, because, again... Josh, Josh always said he was bad at like FIFA 19, so he, he, he that was an excuse. He said it was FIFA 17, I would have won, or something like that. All these excuses, but but he would uh, yeah. Jo Josh and I would always head over to Avi's dorm because Avi had the Xbox. Uh, and again, who knows if Avi didn't have the Xbox, who knows where we'd be right now? But <laughs> some would argue, uh, some would argue that we were friends with yeah. Avi uh, because of the Xbox. What some would say? argue. Some would argue. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that kind of that kind of brought us to this episode. Josh is the perfect guest uh, to bring on to talk about FIFA. Uh, so we've all played FIFA for a while. Like we said, it's kind of the go-to hangout activity. We all have a lot of opinions and preferences when it comes to the game. And to be honest, we're probably about to expose ourselves as complete nerds. But oh well. <laughs> so let's dive in. Avi, what was the first FIFA that you played? Uh, so I had a Nintendo DS, and uh, somehow I got FIFA 08 on the Nintendo DS, and uh, I was convinced that it had really good graphics for some reason, and then I like pl like played it like two years ago, and I was like, wow, this is like the worst thing I've ever seen. So yeah, that was the first FIFA that kind of got me hooked, and um, then I got on Xbox, you know, I think FIFA, or 2010 South Africa, I think I got on PS2, that was my first console game, which was uh, a lot of fun, a legendary game, I would say. Josh, how about you? Uh, so I used to play Pass back in the day, actually, Pro Evo Soccer. That's another game, which is similar to FIFA. Uh, I played on the PlayStation Portable, the PSP. And um, 
I played PES for two years, I think, and then I moved to FIFA 10 on uh, the PSP, and then I on the Xbox 360, I started playing FIFA 12, FIFA 13, and so on and so forth. Whoa. I, I, think, I think my first was, it was 08 or 09, but I remember it was on the Wii, and it was so ridiculous because wherever you were on the pitch, you could just throw your controller and it would shoot the ball, and <laughs> it would put bend on it. It was so funny. But those were the days, just getting it. Yeah, the graphics, right? I thought the graphics were good. Uh, yeah, like, and then you look back, really... it's like the worst thing. Even if I look back at FIFA 13, it's like, this is horrible. Like, how did I ever play this? Like... <laughs> nah, but uh, I think over the years, FIFA really, like EA, shifted its focus towards FIFA Ultimate Team, which would be a good place to start. So for those of you who are not aware, FIFA Ultimate Team essentially allows you to build teams using players from any league in the world, and you play games offline or online in order to win coins, to let you buy better players. Uh, and then, you know, within the game, players can receive in-game rating upgrades based on their real-life performance. So there's a bit of unpredictability there as well. But it's a really fun game mode, and I think it would be a good place to start talking about some of our memories from FIFA Ultimate Team. Does anybody want to start? I'll let Josh start. Me, okay. Josh is like the FIFA guru. That's, that's not true. It's a bit of an exaggeration, but... Uh... Back in, uh, I think the first FIFA Ultimate Team I played seriously was FIFA 13. And uh, my earliest memories were me trying to buy all these big players and soon realizing that that clearly does not matter in this game. And the only thing that matters is somebody's pace and somebody's physical. And as long as you have over 90 on those two stats, your player is just the best. It doesn't matter what other stats you have. Like, if you had, like, 20 shooting, 30 passing. Passing is, like, the most irrelevant stat in the game. It was it was crazy. It was a it was a crazy experience like getting used to like a silver squad beating my whole gold team just because everyone in that team had ninety eight pace or something. It was you have Agbon Lahore just sprinting at you. Oh man. FIFA thirteen was like so pace heavy too. Like that game, you literally just held down the sprint button and it was over. You didn't have to do anything else. If you were faster than the other player, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, Over like I think it was only FIFA 16 where they incorporated like defenders being able to catch up with the attackers because they what they would do is they would make all the defenders like 70 pace and below. There was no defender who was over 80 pace, and every attacker was 94 pace. And the moment you're through, there's no defender catching you. There's yeah. no chance. It's just how good your goalkeeper is. At that and point. there, there was like it might have been like 15 or 16. Not only would you be able to sprint past the team, but <laughs> there was some malfunction with the goalkeepers, and you could just sprint right by them <laughs> and tap the ball into an open net. And I think that was just such a broken ability in the game. So broken. I don't know. I think, like, the player that comes to mind when I say this is a player we've talked about quite a bit. Uh, Doombia. I think we need to talk about Seydou Doombia. I I agree. (laughs) I mean, like, pace-wise, like, he's everyone that... Everyone cites, you know, Doombia as, like, kind of the gold standard because... You know, he wasn't, I think he was a 78 rated player in the game, right? And his pace was in the 90s, and he was just unstoppable. Obviously, Josh is, the, is a Doombia expert, so I'll let him go on. And, on <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm currently an expert on a lot of things today. Um, no, I, I had Doombia on every team since FIFA 14, I would say. He was just, he was like a player that would just go in straight away. Because he was like the one of the cheapest players, and... Over, like, eight months of FIFA, you, you would think your team gets better and you change the players in your team. But he was, like, the one constant because he never got an inform. An inform is basically uh, if a player does well in real life, 
they get a card in the game that's better than their original card. And this guy was never good in real life. Uh, so he never got one of those cards. <laughs> and he just had his normal gold card. And everyone just used that card. And the team around that card was insane. But that's like the one card. Just, just, it just stayed the same. You just you found a way to use him in your team every time. That was that was the beauty of Doom Speak Speaking of the team around him, um, I mean, it, it was always tough to kind of... He was always playing in some obscure league, I think. And he's, he's Ivorian, so there aren't many good Ivorian players in FIFA. But then there was the one year when Dumbia was at Roma for some reason. And it was, okay, you had Dumbia up front. You played a front three of Dumbia, Gervinho, and Ibarbo, all at Roma. <laughs> and it was the most absurd attack <laughs> that you could build. It. Anybody would pick that attack over Messi, Suarez, Neymar to this day. No, <laughs> no doubt. Agree. Completely agree. Yeah, Dumbia, he had like kind of a journeyman career like in real life. I mean, like you said, he was at Roma. He's been at CSK Moscow, Young Boys. He was at Newcastle for a loan period. When he, he when he was at Newcastle, I was like, he came in on the game. I had no idea who he was, really. And uh, you know, he was on FIFA, and, and I started playing with him. I was like, this guy's like the best player ever. Like, why doesn't he start every game? But obviously, real life is not FIFA. So I had no idea he was at Newcastle. That's crazy. Yeah, he, he made three appearances on loan. So. <laughs> All right, all right. Those okay. I think those are the three most. That was the most OP attack that we've seen. Dumbia takes the crown for most OP player. But let's go into a couple other OP players, overpowered players that we've had the luxury of using over the years. Josh, do you, I want you to start. I want to see what you've got. Uh, Jack Butlin, FIFA 17, 81 rated goalkeeper. Nothing went past that guy. You you could have a 93 Neuer in goal, and he was not as good as 81 Jack Butlin, 81 goal Jack Butlin. Um, yeah, that was like a memory I had because every like pro player was just using Jack Butlin in goal. It was it was crazy because uh, you have to like understand that everyone in all these pro players have like 95 rated players at their disposal, and all of these guys were just putting 81 rated Jack Butlin in goal. It would, it would just blow my mind. Uh, yeah, that was that's that's the first one for me. That, that was he was at Stoke, right? When he Stoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that. Back when they were in the wow. prime. Yeah, Avi, Avi, give us give us one of your OP players. Yeah, I mean, I'm not as into Ultimate Team as you guys, but uh, Stefan El Sharaway back in uh, FIFA 13 was uh, something something else. I, I I was convinced that he was also the next Messi, but once again, <laughs> did not pan out. I uh, I met El Sharaway. Really? Yeah, in Boston on the street. No way. Yeah, he was. Really? I think Roma was. Uh, yeah, he was at Roma, and I was in Boston for some some soccer camp and Roma happened to be training nearby so I, I was doing some some hunting for players and and it, it was I thought it would be tough to find them this man is wearing bright yellow sneakers you've seen his hair his hair just <laughs> you know so high up with the, the mohawk and yeah that was pretty he's cool not, he's not very conspicuous at all no he's not doesn't really fly under the radar um when I when I think of OP players I think of a couple players from Chelsea, namely Ramirez, who was one of the greatest center defensive mids in FIFA history. Like 88 pace, just all over. N'Golo Kante wishes he could he could be <laughs> Ramirez because Ramirez was unplayable. So Ramirez fun to play with. FIFA was N'Golo Kante in real life. Exactly. I remember Brazil. I mean, he's so he's Brazilian, and and at the time Brazil didn't have any great strikers in the game, so I literally built a Brazilian team and put Ramirez as a striker, 
despite the fact that he has no finishing ability whatsoever because he just it was when you could sprint past the keeper yeah that was like the emphasis on pace that's how important pace was and nobody cared about the shooting stat it was all about uh how good your pace is and that's it that's where that's where you uh you draw the line does this person have pace yes okay he goes in my team It's, it's not as simple as that yeah, yeah, absolutely. Josh, do you have any any more any more players? Any more uh, OP players? Honorable mentions: uh, Nomar FIFA twelve. Uh, I thought this guy was Neymar for a while, but then I found out this guy <laughs> a completely different person. Nomar? Yeah, have you heard about him? No. Nilmar Villarreal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was crazy on FIFA twelve when I just got started. Um, Alexander Swine, FIFA thirteen. Uh, this guy was a silver left winger, over ninety pace. Again, just. Crazy player on the game. Um, my first experience with these crazy silver teams were just, uh, I think it was FIFA 13. And I came up for the first time against a guy with a full silver team. I thought, oh, okay, this is going to be a piece of cake. And you realize, like, back in the day, the people who made those silver teams were just god-tier players. They would just, they would know all the skill moves. They would just rainbow over your goalkeeper. It was, it was a joke. The game was a joke. Avi, Avi any more to add? Um, just one more, probably. Uh, Gabriel Jesus, I think... FIFA 20, in the ultimate team mode, he's, I mean, obviously in real life he's good, but ultimate team mode, he's just unstoppable. I mean, he's got, you know, really good uh, pace and finishing. So, yeah, Gabriel Jesus was one who just always scored. I mean, I, I was just like, wow, did not see that coming. Now, I never had the chance to use Gabriel Jesus in FIFA ultimate team because Jesus tends to be a slightly more expensive player, and I don't have the patience to open packs or, or save up money. I, I want to open packs and I never get anyone good in packs. And that brings me to, well, the concept of packs in FIFA. And I've not had great luck over the years, but I'm wondering like on the upside, what your best pack ever was. Yeah, I'll, I'll start. Um, I packed inform Matthias Delict uh, this in the FIFA 20. So, so that was my best one. Um, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't open too many packs before this year, honestly. When I played Ultimate Team, I was just you know buying gold players pretty much. But what about you, Josh? Uh, best pack probably uh, FIFA 20 as well. Uh, so basically, to just put things into perspective, uh, I got the game. It was one day in, and uh, I got a two-player pack. And it's just you're, you don't expect much from it. It's just you expect two non-rare players uh, that wouldn't sell for anything. And uh, I pack one to watch uh, Griezmann, which is a player worth 800k, which to, at the start of the game is a lot of money. That, that that amount of money could buy you so much. So I, I got that player, I went crazy, uh, sold him, and all I've been doing since then is just uh, playing this game mode called Foot Draft, which how, is how much? How much is 800k in FIFA worth in actual money? I actually looked that up. I was thinking about just selling it for money. Uh, it's like 150 bucks, 200 bucks. Holy oh shit. That time at least. Yeah. And um, so, Josh, you mentioned foot drafts. You gave us an interesting statistic yesterday. <laughs> Would you mind, uh, you know, talking about your foot draft record? Uh, yeah. Um, Can I expose the, you here? The FIFA guru, that is myself, has uh, played 150 foot drafts this year and won only one of them. Uh, and I blame that all on something called bun delay, which is... You press the shoot button and you wait for one second for your guy to shoot. And it's something out of my control. So that's what I'm going to blame on. <laughs> that's the go-to excuse, the button delay? Button delay. It's all button delay. None of my fault. I heard, um, I was talking to my friend today, and he said the uh, Alan St. Maximin birthday card 
Um, he said it's worth, I think, $70 in real money, which just blew my mind. I was like, how is this even possible? That's it's insane. worth more than a game. There's probably a black it's... market out there for, like, trading on tradable players or something. Yeah. That's a good call. And, and just always got to get that Newcastle bit in. So speaking of St. Maximin, yeah. shout out to Mixie who dropped the EP today, the Newcastle EP. Yeah. Fantastic he, uh... stuff. Dubrovka got a song. Uh, John Joe Shelby got a song. Um, he remixed St. Maximin. Uh, so I think we're going to use him as, as a theme song as soon as we can figure out how to get his music on here. He also gave um, he also gave Miguel Almiron a song. So big, big stuff. Big ups. And then, Josh, you know, you're blaming your button delay. Something that I, I've talked to my friends a lot about and what I tend to blame my losses on is momentum like i'm telling you momentum's a real thing it's real in real life but in fifa it's so over exaggerated in my opinion and so i want to read you know a text that i was sent from a friend he says uh tell ea to remove whatever gameplay scripting exists that they've been denying for years when i'm up one nil and then concede nine times out of ten i concede again within a few minutes because my players turn into a bunch of incapable bronze players who don't look like they've ever been on a pitch before and i couldn't agree more that is so true, especially for career mode. In career mode, they script all the games. They are so scripted. You could, it's, it's actually insane. Because you, you know, um, you just know, like, when you can feel it. Like, you go up on zero, they score, and it's like, all right, I'm going to lose 4-1. And I, I don't know, EA has obviously denied it, like you said, but do you think that's a thing in, in Ultimate Team as well? I think it must be. I've seen it way too. I, I, I mean, of course... You know, you're, experience, you're going to experience bias, but I feel like it's so frequent. And, and on, the, on the reverse end, too, sometimes I'm losing, and, and if I score, I, I feel like all of a sudden I just go on a tear. That's true. I don't know. I think a lot of it has to do with kickoff glitch as well, which is uh, something that EA has somehow not been able to fix over the last 10 FIFAs, which is the moment, the, moment the, the ball kicks off, um, all the opposing team's players just decide not to move, and you just watch. Uh, you just watch Doombia run past all of them and just put it past the keeper in a matter of like six seconds of kickoff. Can't do kickoff. anything. About it. <laughs> it's the funniest thing in the world, but it's the most infuriating thing when it's against you. But it's so funny. You're up one nil in one minute. Yeah, I mean, I that. Yeah. All right. Um. So Avi, you bring up career mode. Let's talk about career mode because it's a really really fun game mode and i feel like it has a lot of potential um again for for people who aren't aware career mode you essentially play the role of a manager at a club so you're responsible for contracts transfers team performance player management um amongst other things and so the goal is essentially to bring your club as much success as possible by developing players or buying players working on your finances just improving the squad so it's fun. You see people bringing Messi to Manchester United and then sending Jesse Lingard to Real Madrid or something. It's You see transfers that you've never seen in real life, but that are fun and, to play with. Um, you know, career mode, you can also play as a player, which I actually did recently, which is actually, I'd say it's, it's more fun than you think it would be. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of fun to play just as a player too. But yeah, career mode was definitely my, my game mode in FIFA. Um, unfortunately, it's one of the most neglected game modes in FIFA, um, you know, because all the money is in F Ultimate Team, so that's where all the, all the care goes. But, you know, career mode just has, you know, as, as the graphics have gotten better, 
the actual game, you know, play in, in career mode has gotten worse. They just keep stripping out, you know, um, <laughs> uh, levels of detail, basically. So now you can't even do six-month loan deals. You can only do one-year loan deals. You know, just stuff like that just keeps adding up. And, and basically, I was fed up. Um, and, and so I, I switched to football manager for my uh, career mode. And I, I have to say, football manager is a, is a far superior uh, career mode at this moment. Even though you don't get to play, you know, it gives you so much detail. And um, I would highly recommend that if you're into career mode. But um, if, you, if you like playing the games, which I do, you know, the career mode, it's still, it's still fun. Um, the transfer window is probably my favorite thing. I would always, I was like a, I was always wheeling and dealing, you know, I had like 10 players in six players out. Uh, you know, I, I brought in Mbappe like within four seasons to Newcastle, but that that's part of the fun, you know, with career mode is you can pull off some great transfers, but at the same time, it's not very realistic, which, um, you know, kind of puts a damper on things. I don't know. Do you think we'll see EA investing more into career mode in the future? I don't really know. Uh, what's what's uh, yeah I, I don't know what they're thinking there they don't, they don't need to because all their money comes from ultimate team less and less p- people are playing career mode so like there is like a career mode co- community i guess but they're just not influential enough to make ea care basically it's a good call those in-game purchases and ultimate team i guess are covering all the uh covering all the bases for them yeah and plus they added the journey um which is a little different um which is also it's okay you know but <laughs> I, I played the journey the first year. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's fun, but it's um it's very scripted as well. So literally. Yeah, I guess that. I mean, it's kind of like a reality show on on FIFA. But what are you what are you gonna do? Yeah, Ultimate Team uh, over the years, the thing I don't like also is that there's so many card types now that it's it's so hard to uh, feel like you've you've gotten a good player because the next week there's there's gonna be a different color card and. You, you're just catching up, and you could just have a rainbow team within the first three months now of, like, ten different card types. But, yeah, coming it's to career mode, um, I think that um, one thing they could do, it's, like, the small things that they could improve on. Like, if you play more than five seasons, you start getting um, these youth players who aren't real players, but you're trying to develop them. And yeah. you can't give them skill upgrades, which I find so absurd. Like, if they start off with three-star skills at the age of 16, they can never go to four or five. Uh, no matter what you do, which is just like it's small things like that that like I think lean people towards uh, ultimate team more than career mode. Yeah. Also, um, like the level of detail I was talking about, you know, you could previously like expand your stadium or um, I believe like you know contract negotiations were were just a lot more detailed back then. Um, little stuff like that, like you said, just just kind of adds up, and that's the most frustrating part about you know regens or, or youth prospects. Is um you know they you could have an 88 overall player, but he'll have you know a one star weak foot and you know two star skill moves. So you know a lot of times he's kind of unusable if you actually play with him. Um, also, if you if you um if you sim any games, you're gonna lose like almost always. It's it's actually so annoying. Yeah, no, I, that that's my issue is when you get the the players who don't actually exist. Like I have a lot of fun in the first couple transfer windows. See, making all these crazy deals, but then I kind of lose interest when I don't actually know who the players are. But, right. um, you know, we're talking about these these made-up players, and that brings me to my favorite FIFA fact of all time that I think, I think you both know what I'm about to talk about. But favorite FIFA fact of all time. In 2008 and 2009, EA did not have the licensing for the Netherlands national team. 
And so they filled the Netherlands team with a bunch of made-up players, one of which being a man named Hans de Noteboom. Hans de Noteboom had a 90 overall potential as a striker and immediately became like a favorite on the game, despite the fact that he doesn't exist. <laughs> and so <laughs> when EA finally got the licensing for the Netherlands, uh, in order to honor uh, Hans de Noteboom, they made him a referee in future <laughs> games so that he could still exist in the game. I remember when we were talking about that, like I found out who Hans de Noteboom was. I think it was in my dorm room and I, we just thought it was like the funniest thing. Uh, the name is just so ridiculous. Hans de Noteboom. Um, yeah. Sound of Dutch, I guess. A little frustrating to. was um, just like licensing stuff like that. You know, like Brazil isn't in this year's FIFA. Um, they don't have Croatia. They don't have like a lot of teams like that. Um, I mean, I guess I, I'm not sure what they're going to do about that, but you know, licensing is, is kind of annoying. It's a good point. I don't know. It, it is a bit frustrating. I'm sure. Well, hopefully it's sorted out. And then uh, Piemonte Calcio, Juventus. Oh, my God. What that's a, a that's, big one. I forgot about that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Matthias De Ligt does not play for Juventus. He plays for Piemonte Calcio. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, let's you, move on. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, career Mode Legends, I, I have quite a list here. Exactly, exactly. Career Mode <laughs> Legends. Avi, rattle off your list. So I have quite a long list. Um I guess I'll just I'll just rattle them all off and uh, we can go into depth on some of the on the best ones. But uh, I'll just start. Um, Renato Sanchez. Uh, he was a, he was just he's been a career mode legend for for many years now. Um, Matthias Delict. You know he was he was one I, I didn't actually know that much about um, in in real life. And then he popped up and I was like oh I've seen him in FIFA uh, a few times. Um, another legend here, Jacob Bruma. Um, Yuri Tielemans, uh, Kalechi Iannaccio, uh, Briel M- Mbolo. Oh my gosh, he's... I have Mbolo as well. Mbolo Fantastic, yeah. Uh, Donnarumma from AC Milan. Albin Lafont. Um, Hassan Awar. Um, Upa Callum Hudson-Odoi. And uh, Ryan Sessegnon. Those are, so- you know, those are the ones that came to mind for me. So basically, the world's best U twenty players. Yeah, I mean, I have it's to give credit for this. I mean, they they got the the potentials right for most of these players, except maybe Bruma hasn't panned out right. But um, you know, the vast majority of these players are, um, you know, world not world class, but you know, some some of the best um, you know, young players, like you said. So so I my list actually you covered all of mine. Uh, the the two that I really was looking at were Tielemans and Mbolo, and I, I was I, I was looking through old FIFA lists, old player lists. And I realized that they're, of course, they nailed it with these players that did turn into great players, but they really casted a wide net in terms of the number of players that have such high potential. And such a large number of these players don't pan out to be the players that that EA says they might become or haven't yet. And I'm, I'm actually very curious to see, I'm very curious about how EA comes up with these player potentials. Is that a whole other yeah. department? That that is interesting. I, I'm not sure how they um, determine that, but I will say it is important to note that you know it is potential, right? So even the players that don't reach their potential, you know, that's you know all these players like Robinho, right? You know, he has he had such a high potential in FIFA. You know, everyone talks about you know he could have been a, a world class player, um, but he never really hit that height. But you know, like you said, it's just it's just potential, and um, 
you know, doesn't mean every single player is going to reach that potential. That's fair. Josh, you have any? Um, only one that Avi's not mentioned, which is Hachi Mastur, who is a Sevilla player, five-star skiller, uh, one of my favorite career more players. So much potential. Like, I think I got him from like 68 and 91 in, wow. like, three, in three seasons. Jeez. So, yeah, that, that was one that came to mind. Josh, are you a skiller in FIFA? Um, so back in the day, fun, I don't know how much uh, you guys have had experience with this, but uh, before FIFA 16, my, my definition of skills was spamming the right stick until my player does something magnificent. Uh, but uh, I eventually started learning skills, and now I would say, like, skiller, mm, uh, still, still up for debate, but I know what <laughs> I'm doing, which is a big improvement. What about yeah. you? I, I still um I still swirl the right stick and pray. I'm more of a possession based guy, you know. The skills to me is just like I, I know someone who's really good at skilling, but that's all he does. He doesn't he doesn't care about winning the game. He's just like Alan Saint Max. He's just like Saint Maxim. He doesn't care about winning the game. He just cares about skilling. Um, I mean, I love the guys who kick off and immediately start skilling, and you know you're in for it. Yeah. You just but know. Also, I found those guys on Ultimate Team. The people who skill the most are like usually they don't win the game. Like they, they don't win very often at all, I feel like. There's a very strong chance that it's just kids who don't actually have very high soccer IQ, but just have learned all these skill moves because they're good at video games. That's true. That's true. It's a very good, very good chance of that. But before, before we move on to, to pro clubs, I just want to ask you guys a question. We're talking about pro clubs potential. Who do you think deserves to have higher potential next year? Mbappe, Jaden Sancho, or Erling Holland? Ooh. Because think this I, is potential. You know, you're looking yeah. within the next ten years. Who has the most potential? I'm I'm gonna go down, I'm gonna list them. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Mbappe one, Holland two, Sancho three. And this is this is for me was tough. Actually, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick with that. Um you know, I think Mbappe, he just, like you said, in potential wise, you know, he he seems to be the one that's gonna pick up the mantle from Ronaldo and Messi. And then, you know, Holland, I just feel like, um, you know, he could legitimately be like a 40-goal season uh, striker. And I don't see that happening with Sancho. I think, you know, Sancho, he, he, I see him coming, becoming more like Raheem Sterling, which is, you know, not, not a bad player at all. But, you know, that's not a player who's probably going to win the Ballon d'Or. And I think that's the problem with like a winger type player is, you know, Aiden Hazard, one of the best wingers in the world. You know, he's, he's never won a Ballon d'Or and, he, and he's probably never going to. And I think it's just like a, a restriction on, on his position. Whereas um, Mbappe and, and Holland are just, um, you know, pure goal scorers. It's fair, Josh. I agree with that. How do you put it? With the, with the ranking, but my reason is different for Sancho because I think Sancho's just a bad transfer away from ruining his career. I think he's, he's going to go to United and I can just see him turning into Di Maria or uh, Falcao, one of those players. I just see that coming. Uh, Mbappe, I feel like he's already proven himself. Um, He's already up there for me. And Holland looks like he's an intelligent player, not only in like a football sense, but also like he knows what he's doing with his transfers. Because United were paying him so much more money and giving him a higher wage, but he knew like Dortmund was the right move for him. And I don't think a lot of players realize that. And that sort of sense, I feel like, is something that'll take him a long way. Yeah. So I wait, so you have Holland first or second? Did you say second? Second, but I, I feel like because Mbappe is already such a good player. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right about Sancho. I, I think. You know, him moving to United could be a career killer because, I mean, what are they going to do for him? You know, Ali Gunnar Solskjaer is half the coach that, you know, Lucien Favre is, if that. I don't see him developing in the right ways there. Um, 
And like you, like you said, you know, be, or Dortmund is, is the perfect place to develop as a player. You know, how old is Sancho? Like 21? I think he's like 20. He might be 20. Like ahead, when you're though. that young, I mean, it should you still have so much room to grow. Um, so, yeah, I don't think the United move is the right move. Also, you know, it would be his, you know, third transfer from, from a big club, um, which, which kind of raises eyebrows, you know. I guess he would fit in well at Real Madrid. Maybe, but uh, I don't know. That's so. So, what do you think the right move for Sancho is then at this point? I think he should stay at Dortmund. Stay at Dortmund. Why? Just for just pure development. Yeah, development-wise, I mean, Dortmund are, are probably in better shape to win the Champions League if that's what he's after. First of all, I know he wants to move back to England, um, but I mean, Dortmund's going to help him better more as a player. I think he, he's going to have more chances to show prove himself on on a big stage like the Champions League at Dortmund. Um, and I just think it sets him up, you know, better for, for the rest of his career. That's fair. We could see Dortmund building something special right now if they are able to hold on to their, their key players. And I think, um, you know, Jude Bellingham, that 16-year-old, you know, phenom, he's also deciding between United and, and Dortmund. It looks like he's leaning towards United. But that's a kid also, you know, if you're that young, I don't think you can go wrong with going to Dortmund. I mean, all the some of the best young prospects, you know, ever have come out of there, you know, Dembele, Pulisic, um, you know, uh, Aubameyang was there, uh, you know, Lewandowski, the list goes on and on. I think, you know, that there's no better place in the world to develop um, as a young footballer. That's fair. All right, let's, uh, let's get back into FIFA. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's pro let's clubs. Some FIFA huh? music. Some, oh, FIFA music. That's a good call. Um, I mean, FIFA, first of all, EA does a great job choosing this music, or FIFA does a great job choosing this music. I feel like every, not every song, a lot of the songs that I hear in FIFA end up being played on the radio two years later. Right. Like frequently. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, they kind of shifted in, in recent years um, more to, you know, kind of rap or, or, or grime. And I heard some people complaining about it. Like, oh, that's not what FIFA music is. But it's like, FIFA music to me is like, I don't know, it's more like like newer songs or like, you know, songs you haven't necessarily heard. And I think, um, you know, what FIFA's been doing is great. Um, you know, I, I'll just name some of my favorite songs, I guess. Young, young Folks, um, back in FIFA 08, you know, the, the Whistling Song, that, that's a great song. Um, you know, I'd say this is probably like the most famous FIFA song, Love Me Again, John Newman, 2014. Um but yeah, Skepta was on, you know, FIFA 20. Uh, Boss and J. Cole were on 2019. Um, so, so yeah, I, FIFA music, if you haven't looked it up, um, you know, you can find it on uh, Spotify. Highly recommend that. It's, it's just a good vibe, you know? I've got, I got a great FIFA playlist, by the way, if you want to oh, check yeah, it out. Too. Yeah, oh, you too? Yeah. <laughs> Josh, what are your yeah. favorite songs? No, FIFA music for me is like just a good way to discover new artists. Uh, most of my yeah. favorite artists have come through... Uh, the FIFA soundtracks, but I mean, there've been some FIFAs where the soundtracks have been iffy. Like after, I think FIFA 15 had the best soundtrack for me when I had American authors. I think Passion Fit, all those good artists. Um, but they've come back. They've definitely come back. I think 16, 17 were a bit, bit weird. RAC was on uh, FIFA 17, Back of the Car. That was really catchy. Uh, yeah, those are the ones that come to mind. Do you yeah, think like EA? Do you think EA approaches the artists, or do you think the artists are like, hey, I really want to be in FIFA? 
I think uh, I believe like FIFA just finds people who wouldn't charge that much, and it's a sort of deal where they're like, oh, you're gonna get a lot of exposure um, by having your song. It's like it works both ways, right? Because FIFA doesn't have to pay some crazy money for this artist, and at the same time, uh, the artist likes the fact that he's gonna be heard too. Like, you know what I mean? If you look at any artist's most played song, if they weren't big already, it's usually the song that showed up on FIFA. So it just gives them uh, exposure, I think, which is great. It works That's for both true. people. Yeah, like you said, I mean, that's how I, you know, discover a lot of new artists. Like, you know, these are people I would not have, like, listened to before. Um, especially, like, just, like, European music, I guess. You know, artists I, I would nev- never heard of that, you know, FIFA. There's a, there's this German song called, okay, it's called Am Ende by OK Kid. And that's, I don't know a single word they're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nah, when I got to college, like... What kind of music do you like? Like FIFA music? <laughs> like what? It's like a, it's, it's an interesting genre, right? Because everyone kind of knows like the vibe of FIFA music, but it, it is kind of its own genre, I would say. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So, let's go to the final game mode to talk about pro clubs. Um, so, pro clubs is probably a bit less popular than the previous two, but. It allows you to create a virtual player and play your position on the pitch with your friends who have their own virtual players playing their own positions. And you play together, you try to move up divisions and increase your player rating by scoring goals and performing well in matches. And arguably the most fun part is making your player look absolutely ridiculous and just bantering in the game. It's really, really fun game mode, but again, with a lot of potential, I think. Yeah, I think pro clubs, um, you know, I didn't play that much before. I, I think I played last summer with you. But yeah, before that, I had not had that much exposure to it. And I think FIFA should, um, you know, do a better job of kind of promoting it because I think pro clubs, like you said, has a lot of room to grow because you can get 11 people, you know, playing together, which is which is really cool, um, you know, especially for a, for a game as popular as FIFA. You don't often, you know, it's usually just one versus one, but when you're, you know, with 11 people on the same team, I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I don't know, my friends make fun of me in pro clubs. Uh, I do, I like to play center mid. It's like, people tend to like to play striker and on the wing so they can score goals. I like to play center mid, and I pass to the defenders a lot, just because, you know, some, you need to make the right pass, I think. And I, I, I have good games, but my rating is always so much lower than it deserves to be. And uh, I'm, my friends are always making fun of me for that. Um, this is kind of funny. Yeah, I am um, in my career mode as a player. I was um, I chose to be Cam, but they play me at like center mid. Um, but that's probably the best position because you almost all you have the ball the most. Um, unlike as a striker or something like that, where you're always you know you don't have the ball that much. And I actually you know it's kind of it's very satisfying to make that right pass. I think so. Um, you know, I I, totally, I definitely understand why you are uh, a center mid in the game. One thing uh, one thing I definitely like about pro clubs that annoys me our career mode is that if you're playing like say center mid um i don't know if that's still in career mode but the moment you move anywhere out of the zone you're supposed to be you just watch your rating start dropping like crazy it goes from like 7.6 to 6.8 to 5.0 and you're supposed to stand in the certain zone in pro clubs i think they're more more lenient with that and it doesn't really matter to you but um, yeah, it's, really is, it's one of those things. is very harsh about that yeah like, if you if you try to go like on an attacking run, you just get destroyed. Even if you score a goal, it's just like this is how you play. Like this is not. Yeah, the rating system is questionable, but 
That's that's a whole other thing. One one thing that does bother me about pro clubs, though, my friends and I get into so many arguments, is if you click any button, if you click pass, the computer will try to pass to you. And if more than one person are clicking pass, sometimes it can't choose, and it just gives it to the opponent. Um, and if you if you click the clear button by accident, it'll just straight clear it. It just it it's it's not overly intelligent, I'll say. So it, yeah. it, it can be very frustrating. That's yeah. true. Speaking, speaking of the clear button, I remember like if you ever wanted to score a half line goal, it would just clear. There's like a little zone. It's a fine margin somewhere where like. If you press shoot, it shoots, and if right before that that line, it's it's a it's a clearance. It's not a sh- like it doesn't work as a shoot button. Uh, and uh, I remember like FIFA 16 was one of those games where you could shoot from anywhere and score, uh, and you just couldn't shoot from like unless you were like like 10 yards out of the half line. It was it was really annoying. But yeah, that's uh you're right about the whole passing thing. It can be really. Yeah, but my I mean my favorite memories when I look back are from pro clubs and. Boys, I think we should play some pro clubs next year. I'm very down. I'm Agreed. Josh. I, we need to play pro clubs for real this summer. No, I agree completely. We'll, we'll get on. We'll Let's do some, it. We'll, we'll make some crazy characters. Oh yeah, the, the, again, that's the best part—the the funny names. <laughs> yeah. Names, the or like names. just giving yourself like I don't know, crazy colored hair or something like that. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, I have a fun fact about FIFA, which it just came to mind. Uh, so back in FIFA 12, Aiden McGeady couldn't do the McGeady spin, which was the funniest thing <laughs> that I'd ever witnessed. What? No way. So, so McGeady was this player who uh, invented the skill move, guys, called the McGeady spin. It's a five-star skill move on the game. But they made McGeady four-star skills. So the guy couldn't do his own skill move on <laughs> one whole year of FIFA, which just blew my mind. It was, it was the funniest thing ever. That just yeah. sums up FIFA right there. <laughs> That's a great fun fact, though. That's actually hilarious. Yeah, I think girls would like that. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's a great... I think we've covered uh, what we wanted to with FIFA. Do we want to dive into a couple current events going on in the football world right now? And Yeah, let's go for see it. See what's going on there. So I think we've seen some developments lately with the coronavirus situation. Um, some leagues still don't know what to do, but... The Ligue 1 and the Eredivisie have been cancelled, which is crazy. Um, PSG right. are champions, right? But Eredivisie does not name a champion, um, which is kind of interesting. I think... Um, yeah, what is your stance on that? I, I think it's better to, to, to award the, the promotion, relegation, and the championship. Because otherwise, you know, it's about 60% or 75% of the season played and no resolution, which... I think doesn't make sense for a lot of these clubs. You know, a club in the second division, I think we had talked about this, you know, is up 11 points, um, and they're, they're not going to get promoted, which is, you know, just devastating um, for them. But uh, what do you think you should do about, like, the teams that are like, oh, we're in the relegation zone, but we might have gone out. We had easy, easy games to come, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think the best you can do is, is some kind of, you know, rating index, whether it's points per game or, or something like that. Or taking into account, you know, how hard their schedule is, but I think you know, you have to come up with some kind of result here. It's it's tough. I agree with you. Like I don't know, take aggregating a ton of data and, and performing the best analysis you possibly can, predicting how the remainder of the season would go is one way. It's one way to do it, but it also doesn't 
you can't account for the unpredictability and or it's difficult to account for the unpredictability and the emotion that certain players feel. You also have to deal with players who are not going to be at the club next year who might not care. There's there's just a lot of things. It's it's so difficult and I don't really know what I would do. I don't know if you relegate if you could say I don't want to relegate these teams this year, we can still crown a champion but not relegate, but then you have teams in the second division saying, "Well, we earned promotion." So I'm not sure what you do there yeah um i think you know england spain and um italy are, are still trying to play out their seasons so you know we'll see how that goes um you know i would love to see um some uh, football but you know obviously you know you want you know health to uh, be the number one priority but you know they're talking about england uh, in the premier league you know playing three matches a day um at this you know one complex where they'd all be you know kind of quarantined which would be pretty interesting, but you know, once again, you know, the the players have to be on board with this, and you know, uh, Sergio Aguero, you know, he he kind of said that you know a lot of players are not on board with it, so um, you know, I, I hope they can get the season finished, but if not, uh, it is um, kind of confusing on what they would do. It, it's understandable either way, I think. Yeah. Oh, it, it's it, no again, way. health like, has to be the priority. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, Beyond that, a couple transfer rumors uh, have come out recently. Most important to to me and and to Josh, I think, Thomas Partey linked to Arsenal very heavily. Josh, what are your thoughts? Uh, Great CDM, um, a great player to put Torreira as a backup to. Um, I think it would be a great signing, but a lot of speculation that uh, Arteta just doesn't have the funds even this summer. Um, And if that happens, obviously, he's probably off to United or Juventus, or one of those teams, uh, which would suck, but it's something I've uh, sort of accepted as an Arsenal fan over the years, not having things go our way. So it wouldn't be the end of the world. I wouldn't be surprised if Newcastle's linked with him now. <laughs> you got to stop your uh, Newcastle, everyone in Newcastle agenda. <laughs> yeah, well, it's going to be a reality soon, but I don't want to think about that. I, I, think, I think we're going to pull it together. I think we're going to sign him. I yeah. really do. I think so yeah. too, because he kind of his dad said something like he's going to Arsenal or something like that, and then he like deleted his tweet. So and then uh, Thomas Partey, you know, posted on Instagram, "What club should I go to?" Which is pretty amazing. And then he deleted that post. So, gotta gotta love the um, transfer, the uh, transfer rumors here. It's hilarious to me though. Like he's a he's been a professional player for a number of years. It's it's funny that he is is asking for the attention still. It, it's kind of funny. Yeah, I think social media combined with, uh, you know, the transfer market is um, it, it's a recipe for disaster or entertainment, depending on how you want to look at it. Agreed, agreed. I, I like the signing videos. That's what I like. Come to Besiktas. <laughs> Come to Besiktas. And then, I mean, we kind of talked about it. Jaden Sancho, um, we, we discussed where, you know, Dortmund might be the right place to, to be still for him. It's still, it's heating up. More and more rumors come out, you know, oh, he's friends with this player at United. He's friends with this player at Chelsea. We're just going to have to wait and see. And I think part of it depends on the funds, too. Um, you know, OGS said, uh, he said, like, our, our transfer window is going to be normal. And then Ed Woodward said, no, it's not. So I really don't know what's going on with the finances. And, I mean, some experts have said, you know, don't expect any big money deals this summer. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if the transfer gets, um, you know, pushed off till next summer. Um, you know, Mbappe, you know, that, that deal I heard is not going to happen. 
you know, just because he costs or PSG is not going to let him go for anything less than 200 million. So why would they sell him this summer? Um, also for Pogba, I heard, you know, that deals off to Madrid. So just Pogba, on the pure uh, finances. Yeah. The, uh, the, just the finances. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see it again. We'll see how the coronavirus affects the transfer market as well. And, and player valuations, um, which we'll talk more about soon. Stay tuned yes, for that. <laughs> just one more thing I'll, uh, I'll add about career mode in here. Um, it's, you know, the transfer window, like I said, you know, is, 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 the, is the most fun part. Um, actually, I don't even know what I was going to say about the, about the transfer market. We could talk about the, uh, the crazy transfers, maybe. That would never happen in real life. Oh, wait, yeah, Kieran Trippier. That's what <laughs> I was going to say. Kieran Trippier, um, he went to Atletico Madrid this summer, or this past summer, obviously. Um, you know, that was a, a transfer that, you know, seemed to only happen in the career mode. It didn't really make sense for, uh, you know, Tottenham's backup right back to be ask, heading to Spain. Ask the young Tanner Milan's another one of those. Oh, well, yeah, ask the young. I did not. Also, I heard Conte wants to re-sign him, and I'm like, why do you want to re-sign a 34-year-old left back? It doesn't even make sense. He's not even, he, no one knows what he is now. No one even knows what this man is. He's 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 a he's a leader. That's what he is. He catches bird shit in his mouth. Oh man, that's that's harsh. Oh, wow. Well, that was fun. I'm excited for FIFA 21. To be honest, if there is a game, <laughs> if there is a game, coronavirus putting it on hold. Yes. No, I think uh, I think this is the time for like the developers to to make the most profit with everyone like sitting at home. They should just like pump out as many games and DLCs as they can. It probably. Yeah, uh, what, what do you guys think about um the house rules? House rules. Hmm. From this past people. Yeah, I, I haven't played too much. I, I know it's it's very fun when you're playing the, what? Yeah, I guess no fouls, no offsides. Or anything, yeah. no rules at all. Um, that's fun. We were playing some of the game modes with long shots together, yeah, right? Long shots or two goals, power ups. So so overpowered, but they're fun. It's it shouldn't be the focus for EA though. Moving forward, that's just kind of a a little thing I think they added in the last. They've added a couple things the last couple of years, but it's really going to be their their top game modes: ultimate team, career mode, hopefully pro clubs driving them moving forward and that they'll they'll be investing in right all right i think that uh does it for us um thanks everyone for tuning in uh thanks josh for uh joining us today and sharing your knowledge as a uh, fifa guru <laughs> and yeah, uh we will see you guys next time you got to know me, I'll drink and do say Say Maximus, on the wing And you got two men, don't just be in him They wearing Gucci, so in Gucci You got to know me, I'll drink